Are there things in life that scare you a little? But excite you a lot? Are you chasing those things? Are you letting fear dictate your life? If you're ready to break free from that cage of fear and to live an abundantly happy life, then you're in the right place. I guarantee you, you will be happier for seeking what sets your soul on fire. Join Lindsay Hanlon as we explore paths, passions, and purpose that guides us towards our best selves. This is the Winging and Rise Up Podcast. All right. You know how I do it, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And today I have this wonderful, wonderful guest today, Lindsay Hanlon, who's an author. But what I like to do, Lindsay, is have you introduce yourself to my audience and let them know who you are and exactly what you do. And then we'll get rocking and rolling, as I like to say. I love it. Thank you, Max. I'm Lindsay Hanlon. I'm from just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I uh, do a lot of different things, but my main job is being home with my four kids. I have a 12-year-old, two nine-year-olds, they're twins, obviously, and a (laughs) five-year-old. And I have been kind of reviving myself through jumping into some entrepreneurship after my fourth was born. And I did a little bit before that too, which we can get into, but I had just recently wrote a book called Flying by the Seat of Your Soul, Winging the Unknown and Rising Up. I have a podcast called Wing It, Rise Up. They kind of go hand in hand. And I, yeah, like I said, I'm home with the kids. So I'm really into inspiring people to rise up and do what they are called to do. Very spiritual. I am a Christian and I love talking to people about, you know, how they were uniquely made and encouraging them to follow what excites them, even if they don't feel ready to do it and all the more reason to do so. So. Yeah. Right. And and that kind of goes along with entrepreneurship. I always say, you know, when I talk mm-hmm. to my guests, right, we know that that's not for the faint of heart because you're probably going to have more failures than successes. Right. But if you don't right. quit on yourself. Right. And I'm like you, I, I think I'm more spiritual Christian. Right. So I know mm-hmm. where my strength comes from, because many times I've you know, before, like I was telling you before the show, right, I've I've had those really famous drug addiction, alcoholic prayers. God, please get me out of this one. I swear I'll do it differently. Uh, And he heard those prayers. Right. So, right. But, you know, for me, it's just like whatever works, right. If you're going to do something right, as you know, Lindsay, right. We don't do it alone. Like we have such big support systems beyond our families, which helps a lot. So what I'd like you to do is share, right. Being a mother, which is the toughest job in the world, I believe, because I've seen it in action, right. (laughs) I've seen my wife, I've seen, you know, all my friends who are mothers. Um, What are some of the challenges that you have gone through? You can go back as far as you want. I mean, you don't have to go back while I was born on this day, you know what I mean? But like, what were some of the challenges that one brought you to where you're at today and, and helped you write that book, your book? So one of the things that, um, I'm going way back that I started to realize in my life, it really kind of sparked everything was when my husband, my husband asked me to do a podcast. He was like, I got all this equipment. I was going to do one. Why don't you do one? And I was like, okay, I'll do one. I don't back away from a challenge. I kind of step right into it. And when I decided to do this, I had to really think about my message. What is my message? What am I going to talk about? And so I went all the way back to when I was 13 years old and I did not make the you know, the ninth grade basketball team, which at the time 
was very devastating to me, even though I really honestly was not the greatest basketball player. So it's kind of laughable, <laughs> but it was where my best friend played. It was a Kohler sport. And I remember sitting in my room thinking to myself, swimming is so cool. I want to try out for the swim team. And I'm telling you, I had no previous experience, right? So I told my mom I was going to try out for the swim team. And she was like, okay, like you, you know how to stay afloat. You've, you know, swim over the summers, you're 13, you're not, you know, a toddler trying out for a swim team, but I ended up swimming at two division one schools. I broke records at both. It completely changed my life. So it really had me reflect on that. My message is, is that when something's calling you, whether you are completely ready for it or not, just go give it a try. And then throughout my life and throughout my journey in motherhood and dabbling into some network marketing and whatnot is that there's no right time. So if it's calling you, you'll figure it out as you go. So my mom had no idea how this was going to go down, but I walked myself down there and I tried out for the team and I slowly just figured it out. I just watched other people. And I, I mean, the first lap, I thought I was going to die just kept going and going and going. And then eventually got recruited to uh, university of Pittsburgh. I swam there for two years where then I decided it wasn't the best fit in the best environment for me. And so I transferred to university of South Carolina and I have best friends from all over. I think that's another great point is never limit yourself. You'll find friends and community and network everywhere. And I have an abundance of support in my life just from being really who I am and sharing my message. So um, yeah, that's really the start of it for me. <laughs> but that's awesome. University of South Carolina. That's so cool because I have a friend who played football for them back mm-hmm. when they played in the Gator Bowl. Uh, oh, okay. Very and cool. I remember the day he got recruited and stuff, you know, we almost got him in trouble with me, you know, we're out partying, you know, and that friends right. do, but right. I get what you're saying though. Like, like with the network that we belong to, you know what I mean? It's like, having this support system all over the country, right? Now I've I've learned that it doesn't just have to be in my home or in the city I live in, right? Right. When those connections open up, you 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 connect, right? You put yourself out there, which I'm not the best at like putting myself out there, but I love it, right? Because I have learned one thing I've learned in, from my recovery is that that I don't have to do it alone, right? So this journey of entrepreneurship and being an author not once did I have to do it alone. So, right. you know, it's a, it's amazing how this journey goes, right. The twists and mm-hmm. turns, right. Especially as his parents and me being right. now grandparents of 10, I got 10 grandkids. Right. Wow. That's yeah, incredible. That's, I mm-hmm. say that every day. Whenever yeah. I'm like, wow, you're a grandpa. Yeah. You got 10 of them. That's um, a compliment. When people tell you that you take care of yourself, you show up for yourself. I always love when people say, oh my gosh, you're a mom of four. I didn't even know. And I'm like, what a compliment because I want to stay, you know, energetic and youthful and, you know, have that, you know, time with them. Absolutely. It's a compliment when people are shocked that you're old. Yeah, well, you that. can't tell. I, I, everybody I'm from my audience, right? Like I've seen her posts and she's always getting at it, exercising, right? I get it. She's a mother. She has to stay mm-hmm. on top of things, right? I got to stay sane too. I always <laughs> tell people that it's not that I'm addicted to exercise. It's that I'm addicted to feeling good. And I know that I'm a better mom, sister, daughter, wife, friend, if I just go and move my body. And I think that a lot of that discipline comes from swimming in college. Like if you're a Absolutely. swimmer, you are disciplined to a different kind of fault than, than most people just from all the, um, all the practices. 
pick them absolutely. down. No, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Thank yeah. God my mom, even though she didn't understand American football, she mm-hmm. always had us in sport, at least me, right? Mm-hmm. I tried everything, soccer, football, baseball, wrestling, right? I loved right. it like you, right? right? Until I got into my addiction, right? Where that kind of went to the wayside. But one of the first things I did when I started getting sober was exercising again. And I'm like you, I may not be able to do what I used to do, but I love, I'm getting into this kettlebell thing, which is fun, right? I love kettlebells. Oh my God. Like I tried, yeah, 30 to 45 minutes. You're I'm sweating and I'm like, that's why I'm kind of like already, I was going to go out today, but it got kind of hot. So I go, well, I think I'll wait till it goes down tonight because I do it on my driveway. Yeah. And you probably start to feel muscles that you're like, I didn't even know that like that was there. (laughs) Because I used to actually before I was going to say like, you know, I dabbled into some entrepreneurship, like before I had all of my kids. So within my firstborn and then my twins, I actually had a CrossFit gym for three years. So my husband is very much an entrepreneur. He has been an entrepreneur in his whole life opening up businesses. And so I told him I wanted to start a CrossFit gym. So he kind of like did all the business side of things. And I was like the gym junkie, like we can all work (laughs) out and be happy together. Like had this great community of people. And we did that for three years, but then obviously you guys know, I said I had twins. So going from one to three kids was a different, um, a different ball game for me. And I was a tad overwhelmed as a uh, going from one kid to three kids and nursing the twins and then the two-year-old running around that I had to ultimately sell the gym. I just needed something off of my plate. <laughs> so it was a really <laughs> cool experience for the time, but it was not something I was going to be able to do longevity. Like I knew I wanted to pour my heart and soul into my kids and I couldn't yeah. do, I couldn't be a hundred percent of both. So. Yeah. But, that would be kind of difficult, right? As you mm-hmm. know, right. Running a business sometimes takes so much of your time, right? If you have that time, yes, go right. for it. But when you're a mother, like you said, and you just had twins and a two-year-old, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I, don't... I was in the thick of postpartum and I was like, sell the gym. Cause like, oh. I just felt like I really wanted to, I really just needed a big, like take a deep breath and just handle this situation, not try to handle coaches and times and workouts and all of that. Like, it's just, uh, when you run a gym, you're just there all of the time. So right, it's a bit much for me, but anyways. So on your journey, I would love you Mm -hmm. to share with my audience, right? Like, um, I just drew a blank, but what I was going to say is like, what, how sports kind of parallels life, right? Mm -hmm. Because one thing I was taught, especially when I got into jujitsu as an adult, right? I, I worked out at this gym where the owners were two. Well, one was a seven-time world champion. His brother was a five-time world champion. And when there was uh, jujitsu tournaments in Orange County, the ch- people from Brazil, all over the world, would come train at their gym. And and one and my instructor also like um, drilled this into my head. He said, "Look," and these guys were the same way. Hard work will be talent every time. Like you can get someone who's really good, but if they don't put in the work, the guy that's working extra hard is going to beat that guy eventually or the girl Mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. And that's how kind of sports parallels life. Right. So share with them those, some of those, you know, things you've gone through, you know, because of sports, how that has helped you in life. Keep going. Right. Because I don't have to tell you. Right. But I know if you're a mother, you know, I mean, I know you're a mother, but like when the kids are all acting up or, you know, they all want your attention, there's those days you want to just throw up your hands and go, I'm mm-hmm. leaving. Right. I but give up. We know, yeah. Yeah. I this give up. I much. can't do this anymore. Honey, mm-hmm. this is your job. I'm going on vacation <laughs> for a month. 
I tap out. You, I'm done. <laughs> right. But how did the sports and, and, and doing that help you prepare for being a parent? Like, I think we it's know. the um, it's the mindset. I tell my listeners on Wing It Rise Up that you know I I pretty much coach myself all day long, and this is not something that I was just gifted. Like, oh, you're gonna just have this strong, positive mindset. No, I think I went through, like I said, after the twins were born, I was really, really overwhelmed, and I probably suffered some postpartum that I didn't know, like postpartum anxiety. Uh, how am I going to handle all of this? There's a right. lot of people that need me. And I didn't necessarily know how to care for myself. So I think with swimming, you know, I had that discipline where, you know, you have to pretty much talk to yourself for two hours while you swim and stare at a black line. Like you can't talk while you're swimming. So you're talking to yourself. Like you can't talk to your teammate. You're just swimming. So I think just developing that you can handle this, you can do this. And I just recently on my, one of my latest podcasts told my listeners that I'm not afraid to apologize to the kids. Like, I think they need to understand how, you know, like I'm a human being as well. So if mom loses her temper for whatever reason, like I'm not afraid to go in there and say, I'm so sorry, you guys, like, this is not mom's best day. I'm feeling a little emotional and a little overwhelmed and just ask them for help. So recently I just said, listen, it's hard for mom. You know, they're getting older, right? So 12, nine, nine, maybe the five-year-old can't do as much. She can try to wow. help. Like she tried to make her bed today. But I said, you know, could you guys just start maybe trying to pick up your rooms a little bit in the morning, make your beds for me, and then go downstairs and clean up your playroom? Because it's really hard for mom. If I'm trying to clean up my room, I've got the kitchen, all of your bedrooms and everything on my plate while you all just continue to make a mess around here, could you just take 10 minutes, turn off the TV, let's just have some quiet time. And they all gladly did it. It's about how you talk to them. So like calming down in those moments, I don't expect to be a perfect mom. I think it's just how we talk to the kids and how we coach ourselves through things. Like I know when my anxiety is like kind of getting a little high, I just need to go for a run. I need to go for a walk, turn on a podcast, uh, whatever it is to just zone out from letting your thoughts get ahead of you. Right. So right. I wasn't Learning always the decompress. perfect athlete either. Right. So it's just about knowing that we're going to have our ups and downs and how we want to, you know, manage ourselves through it. So. Right. And that, that can, that can be difficult at times when you got, cause you know, in your mm -hmm. case, you're yeah, in mine, right. We got our spouses, we got kids, we got grandkids. Mm -hmm. And as, and I think this is, well, for me, the, at least what I've witnessed, right? Mommy's attention is like the most important, right? Yeah, daddy's home. Cool. Where's mom? Like, Where's I need mom? mommy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So we have to, I think you're correct. Like learning ways to self-regulate or how we, right? It's like, just like how we talk to ourselves, right? If we're going to talk to ourselves in a negative way, we're going to end up taking it out on our kids or people around us, right? Exactly. Right. And what I've learned through sports, right? Yeah, we had those coaches that were, you know, brutal right brutal. Uh, and tough but also had a lot of coaches that were tough but they always followed it up with um like if they started with the negative is what i'm getting at they always followed it up with a positive and that, like explaining themselves like hey this is why i'm so hard on you right, right? and this is why because i want you to be successful Right. And, and um, you know, and I had an example I was thinking about the other day when I was in high school, right, going from my junior to senior year, my coach literally told me during summer practice that you're not going to start. 
I mean, I'm five eight, a buck thirty five, maybe. At, you know what I mean? And I play yeah. in a league that's got some big dudes. And when he told me that, there was something in my head that just looked at him and I said, "Watch me." Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I did, what I did for myself then was I told myself I need to pay attention even when he's pissed off because I didn't do the play right listen to what he's trying to teach you right and he would do that he would yell scream right and then he'd take us aside and he'd explain this is why I want you to do it this way because you're not the biggest you're not six foot four you know and and then I listen right so like and then I taught myself like okay I got to be the first one in the gym and the last one to leave if I'm going to start because there's guys that are bigger than me and Lo and behold, right, I ended up starting and I attributed it, attributed that to changing the way I talk to myself, which then it would go back negative after a while, but then it would be something I fell back on. And I know as a mother, you, you probably go through that 50,000 times a day, right? Where you're right. Like, oh, right. This is what I tell people too, is that like, I wasn't always like this, but the more I got in tune with myself, you know, the more I started to really dive deep on what lit my soul on fire. And I stopped ignoring myself and just trying to take care of everyone else's needs and like not doing the things that excited me or that I felt called to do, you know, that just leaves you feeling disrupted, anxious, and not excited and not, you know, and I just think too, my last podcast was just about on developing a self-awareness, like how many people in this world just neglect self-awareness. They don't take care of themselves sitting on the couch. Like I get like fidgety when I know that I've gotten into an Instagram scroll for too long and I forgot to order the groceries. (laughs) What are you doing, Lindsay? Get up and make the beds. It's making you anxious by just sitting here and people neglect self-awareness. So they have no idea what they really desire. They deep down know they're neglecting something they know they need to do. Uh, They have no idea who they are and they, and that's not helping the world. It's not helping your family. It's not helping anything if you're not doing what you know you're called to do. So, you know, for me, I talk about exercise a lot, mainly because I know it's like a sanity saver. It's like movement and it's medicine. So how many people would be off of all of these, you know, extra pharmaceuticals if they just would go move their body. It's not even, you don't have to go like run a marathon, but you could go walk, you know, and you know, little things like that. And I think for me, that's where I learned in sports, what I know, what I knew I needed, you know, and I, I, I do it because I know it's healthy for me, but I also know it makes me like wildly happy and energetic. And why does everybody like take that away from themselves or like not give themselves that gift. If you're able to move your body, like, why aren't you? Like, I just can't understand it. (laughs) So I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. Because when I start getting into a bad place or whatever, and we know that resentment kicks up and then we hate everybody because right. And then Mm -hmm. the only, what I've learned to do is look in the mirror and go, why are you getting this way, Max? Like sometimes you got to just tell everybody, Hey, guess what? I'm taking my hour to myself. And right. I'm doing what I got to do. So I don't rip your head off and, you know. <laughs> right. And it's not crazy. a selfish thing. I no. think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids or anybody that's watching you is like mine came down today and they like saw mom, like, you know, they always see me because I'm always doing it. <laughs> like they're always right. still like in awe. I mean, it's been like my, my nine-year-olds have been watching me for forever and they're still like, oh my God, look at mom. And they love it. And then they ask when they can go to the gym and exercise. And like, I give them things to do. Uh, They do all kinds of sports and stuff. I keep them very busy, but 
I think it's one of the greatest things you can do to inspire people is just to take care of themselves. And I also tell people that when you're moving and you're in that state that you're giving yourself that time to kind of pause and shut off everything else, sometimes your best ideas come from that. Like I guarantee I'm probably running on the treadmill when I was like, I'm going to write a book. And then it happens, you know, if you're just sitting on the couch and watching TV or reading your phone, you're just watching what everyone else is doing, but not thinking about what you want to do. Right. And you and I know, right. Cause we've done both, right. I've sat right. on the couch and then mm-hmm. got really depressed cause I'm not moving mm-hmm. and I'm watching a show where, or a sporting event where I'm like, Max, this is not what you normally do. You need to get up and do something. Right. right. I got to tell you something really cool was um, the other night, because we have a bunch of, well, three of my grandkids, four of my grandkids, I've, three of them live downstairs. And then we have a grandson from Missouri that's visiting, right? Till his parents come next month. I had, so it was myself and three of my grandkids, our ex, yeah, three of my grandsons all doing kettlebell. They all wanted to do kettlebell exercises, right? With their grandpa. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't think about it till you pause and you go, how cool is this? This is like the legacy I want to leave, right? That grandpa, you know, he may not have been the fact, you know what I mean? Like, but he kept up with us. He tried to play and right. Cause my oldest grandson, he's getting ready to start football for the first time. So I have him out there working out with me. So Mm -hmm. I go, cause you're like me. I go, son, you're like me, uh, Noah. You're like, you're short, you're fast, but there's going to be some big guys. So I need to work on you, help you start (laughs) getting strong. Right. So you can outrun them and. Right. And he's been out there almost every night with me, you know, doing something. And I go, right. hey, right. And I'd rather leave that legacy where I taught my grandkids and my kids that it's okay to go out and exercise instead of sitting in front of the PlayStation, the Xbox and play games all day. Right. Right. And also teach them the balance of having both. Like I yep. enjoy my nighttime when I get to sit on the couch with my husband, Mike. And, but I also enjoy my mornings where I can hustle and get the energy for my day and show my kids the way. And you're right about the legacy thing. I think about that all of the time. I, how none of us know how much time we have left. Right. So I right. think a lot about, you know, how I want to, you know, leave, like live out my days and how I want to leave a legacy. And if, you know, I'm not going to have every day, it won't be perfect, but I can show them through the imperfections that it's okay to say, you're sorry. It's okay to, you know, have conversations with your kids. And I am constantly listening to Christian music in the car. I mean, not all the time. I I will pivot to hip hop at any moment, (laughs) but I also show them that like mom has a very strong faith. And I want them to know that from a younger age than whenever I started to really understand my relationship with Jesus. It took me a little bit of time to understand it all. And I kind of want them to learn that piece from an earlier age in all the ways, right? So how can you coach your kids like each day to, um, you know, to live a good life and live a purposeful one, one that feels really, really exciting and good and, and work through the hard times, you know, so- well, the best way you just said it pretty much is leading by example, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. they, oh, you've heard that saying, you never know who's watching, but we know, you and I know who's watching all the time and they're watching mommy, daddy, everybody around them, right? right? So if we can lead by example, right, by exercising regularly, eating good, healthy food, right? Um, having some type of spirituality, right? Whether, mm-hmm. 
you know, for me, it's Christianity, but I don't care if it's Buddhism, you know, right. one of the things I do with my private clients is teach them mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Right. To help them be more aware of their bodies, their minds, their surroundings so that they're more present for their loved ones. Right. Cause that's what mindfulness is all about. It's just being more aware and being present. Um, and it just, it's, you know, I always get excited to talk to people like you, right. Cause you're on the same path. You're right. We're trying to teach our kids and right. how to be better people. Right. Cause it's cool how, cause we surround ourselves with people that are very successful that do the same thing. Right. That show us how to be better human beings. Right. Cause for me, right. it's not always about the money. It's what kind of life or what kind of legacy am I going to leave for my children? How are they going to remember? How are my grandchildren, great grandchildren and my great grandchildren going to, Right. And my example was my Mm -hmm. mom. Right. She left everybody like when we did her memorial. Right. And we my sister, I think, was the one to put it together. But like all from her kids down to her. So she had kids, grandkids, great grandkids, great, great grandkids and great, great grandkids. So 45 total of grandchildren and great grandchildren. And not one person had anything or ill will to say about my mom. The only thing but she was tough growing up. Right. And she, she ruled with an iron fist, but she had to, she was a single mother. Right. right? But I think like the lessons I learned from her has led me to being at a space right here, like talking to you and talking Mm -hmm. about how we right take care of ourselves and how we can help others do the same. So let's get into your book. I would tell my audience, like what led you to write your book? Okay, so it was actually 12 years ago, because I think Parker was like, maybe it's like 11 years ago. Parker, my son, was probably about one when I went to meet with someone, right? I was like, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking then. Who knows? But I met with her and I just remember crying the entire time I tried to talk to her about what I wanted to write about. And I think I was feeling the calling to do it, but I don't think emotionally I was ready to put anything on paper. And then I don't think I had enough of my journey, right? Because when I wrote my book, recently. A lot of it had to do with things that hadn't happened yet. Right. So my grandparents, their lo- through their loss, um, which was three and a half months apart, I was very close with my grandparents and I was blessed to have them in my thirties. And I think if you're lucky to have your grandparents when you're in your later, you know, or earlier adult years, let's say like, you're not a teenager where you're like, I don't want to go visit grandma path when you're at the age where you understand it and you want to learn from them and you want to enjoy time with them. I was blessed enough to do that. They got to meet all of my children. I got to take them over to their farm and let the kids run around and spend time with their great grandparents. And, and, and so losing and losing them, right. They were a big part of my revival, right. My like rebirth into what does Lindsay want to do? My grandmother always used to say to me, I just want you to be happy. She would tell me this in college because I was a very emotional soul, right? So I was kind of, you know, you're a college swimmer. There's, you've got like what, 30 on the women's team, 30 on the men's team and a lot of different energies, people coming from all over the place, right? So different backgrounds, different, different vibes. And I, I always felt like, why can't I just be as chill as everyone else? Like, why am I always like the one that's crying (laughs) or the one that's like triggered or whatever, Um, and I was a great swimmer. I, I, and I probably could have been a tad more coachable looking back, but I had great coaches and they all understood me for the most part. So, um, but you know, it was like that missing piece of the puzzle hadn't happened yet. Right. So when I met with somebody 12 years ago, I wasn't ready emotionally and I didn't have all my whole story yet. So it didn't really reoccur to me until I was in this group apex where I, 
I started a podcast first. I think some people write a book first and then do the podcast, but I was a little bit backwards and it kind of helped me because I, mm. through the podcast, I kind of helped develop the story and how I was going to write this. And I will say it was the hardest part about writing the book was finding the time to sit and write the book right. <laughs> because it's hard in a house where like, I want, I'm the kind of person that like in college would need to clean my entire room before I could like sit down and study. Well, I'm never going to have this house entirely clean before I like sit down and work. <laughs> so I was getting to the point where I told my husband, I got to go lock myself in a hotel room for two nights. Cause like, I just, I just can't focus here enough to silence everything else to, you know, really get the chapters under control and like get things organized. And I just like right. need to like decompress. And so he was like, go get it done. Don't waste your time. Go get it done. And I was like, okay. So it was great. So, I mean, it does help having the support. Like my husband knew this was something I wanted to do for a really long time. And, uh, and so it really is just a book about my journey. You know, it starts, um, with just following like what excited me. So, you know, the whole swimming thing, and then it goes into some deeper stuff, like some faith and some gut intuition and lost perspective. And so I'm a very, like, I like things that are deep and perspective driven. So I like things, I like music, anything that makes me really bring out the emotion and makes right. you feel, because I think that's important. I think so many people neglect it because it's just it's scary to them, right? They're, they're afraid of tapping into their deep, you know, parts of themselves. And so all those things, like I told you at the beginning of the podcast that I felt like, why can't I, like, why am I so emotional? Like, and then I realized like, that's like my biggest superpower. It's led me through every single part of my life. It has never misled me. The more I listen to it, the more it is exactly the right thing for me. And I write about it in the book, but the thought of never being able to step into swimming, it's completely changed my life. And I, I'm just grateful that I was one night or one, you know, doing my homework. And I was like, I'm trying out for the swim team. And I didn't know any of the strokes. So you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to really tap, allow yourself to be that emotional feeler and listen to what's calling you and then just kind of be fearless enough to go after it. So. Right. And it's like yeah. what the greats say, right? When your right. why is so big, the how will show up. So if mm -hmm. you really want to do something, the how is going to be there. You just got to make sure you it's huge. Right. It's and, right. Yeah. Right. And then that's yeah, kind of like the similar similarities I like about you and I is that same thing. My book took 10 years to write. Right. And, but I'm, where we're opposite is I made up excuses, right? Like I procrastinated. Oh yes, I got this to do or write the whatever. But thank God when I met my wife, right? And we were talking one night and I said, you know, I've, I've got an outline for a book. And she's like, what are you waiting on? Like, write it. And I looked at her, right? I'm like, are you support that? Like, cause I've had others in the past, like, oh, we can't do that. Whatever excuse, or I would get caught up in that relationship and go, but, um, right but it's so cool to hear, right? Like your husband's like, Hey, go do what you got to do. Go. That's that support is awesome. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think we both kind of get each other in a way like it didn't, it's not like you get married and it's instantly perfect. Like, it's like one of those things we've been working on. Like he's an entrepreneur and I support his dreams and I'm an entrepreneur and he supports my dreams. And we don't really like let it interfere. We just kind of bounce things off of each other and then give each other the space and time to do it. And I think, you know, 
just like having that support and just having that belief. Like, I think the more you talk to each other and the more they understand your heart and your soul and where your passion is coming from, the more they can get behind it. If I were just like, so, so, and like, didn't have like, you know, the emotion behind it. Like when I tell him about something, like he knows, like she is really (laughs) wants to do this. He's not going to hold me back from it. Right. Yep. That's how and, I it's perfect because yeah. that's the way my if I was just to walk up to her and go yeah I want to write a book she might be like okay right but when you're excited she's like go ahead and it's the like, same when she's got projects you want to do I'm the total like hey honey you tell me what to do and I'll do it right because I'll do support it you. yep right and, and just like you said that like with that low energy I always tell people this like you can see those people all over the place they have no drive or no like passion or excitement for life like they're just walking through life with like that they're gonna eventually one day be excited about something or are they just okay being like that you know you just try to like pay attention to people's energy and you can see the people that are going to succeed because they just they have it right and I think it comes down to a lot to how you do anything is how you do everything so if I you know I I don't lie to myself and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned as a mom if I tell myself I'm going to do something I'm going to do it so if I say Lindsay you want to go for an hour walk tonight okay go for an hour walk don't have to worry about how you're going to get it done or what you're going to listen to take it as you want to go do 20 minutes of a podcast maybe take 20 minutes of christian music maybe do 20 minutes of hip-hop music whatever you want to do right but you tell yourself you're going to do something you're going to do it so not lying to myself and like the littlest of things which is like i make the beds every single morning unless you know there were some wild early morning thing that i had to be out of the house for and i couldn't quite get (laughs) to everything but for the most part it's a discipline thing it's you know keeping it together enough so that everything feels you know, comfortable and under control. And I, and I know that sounds like a control freak thing, but it's just one of these little things that I make promises to myself. It helps me have that assurance that I can handle the day or whatever might come my way. Won't downward spiral me. Right. Absolutely. That's why I love that guy, that Admiral who, who was a Navy SEAL that talks about first thing he does is make his bed. That's been me for as long as I can remember. Right. The only time I don't, is if my wife's home on vacation or something, right? Because then I, I just, she's still in bed. Yeah, she's still in bed. Because I'm an early riser and she she doesn't sleep very well. But so I don't bug her when she's home. But when she gets home, she'll go, she'll look at the bed and go, "Yep, I knew it." You know, it makes her feel better too. So that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. But like what he says, though, what I got from that is, you know, when I finally realized, I get what he's saying, right? Because I'd always feel good because I accomplished my first goal of the day. And that was right. to make my bed, right? And then right. it gives me that impetus and that that energy and that drive to go, okay, what's next? Let's go what's do next? it, right? You know And what I mean? can tackle it, right? And they yeah. always say that, like when you have like a to-do list or like say you're even in college and you have like all this work to do, like handle some of the little things first. So you just start building up that confidence as you go. Don't start with like your giant essay or whatever. <laughs> and that's mostly with writing a book too. You start with an outline. So it's not like I just, you know, boom, it all came out. You know, it was like, I kind of talked it through and then we had an outline and then you go with those things. And I, and my friends, you know, tell me this about our house too. We've been renovating this house for like four and a half years. We're kind of on a a good place right now. Of course, I have different phases I would like to add back in. My husband's like, halt. But they're like, well, how did you do this? How did you design it all? I said, well, first of all, 
I didn't do it all at once. You know, we start with one thing and I start picking out things that I like, and it's not like it just, you know, you do it all at the same time. So, and I, you know, I try to tell people that, you know, there were overwhelming times in those processes, but it's like the end game is, you know, creating something that you like. And so it's kind of the same thing with, um, you know, with, with life and with motherhood. Well, the things I've learned is that one, nothing's perfect. Um, I will say the twins totally broke me of that, <laughs> of the, of the, nothing's perfect and you can't control anything anymore. So you better just keep calm. And then wow. what I learned and what I, one point I wanted to bring up too, for your listeners, cause I know you want them to be fearless and happy is that, you know, when you go and do something and you might not feel ready to do it and maybe it works out great and maybe it doesn't, you're going to learn something from it. It's all happening for you, not to you. So maybe I never made the swim team, you know, maybe that would have happened, but I, I, but it also changed my life. It could have not, but I could have learned something and maybe you start a company or you start a network marketing business and maybe it doesn't work out, but maybe it completely revives you and you meet some of the greatest people you're ever, you'll ever know, or some of the people that will support you the most. And I will say like through, I've been in some network marketing businesses, but through this book launch, they have been some of the most supportive people. They'll go buy the hardcover copy. They're like, let's do a book signing next time you're in town in Texas. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I've only met them a few times and they have a wide open heart to listen to my entire story and believe in me. They're like belief catalyst. And sometimes the people that you meet are your biggest supporters and you've only met them a few times versus the people you've known your whole life. I have people in my direct family tight friend circle that have not congratulated me, believe it or not, people that I would consider pretty good friends and even family and have, and I'm not looking for congratulations and I'm not looking for that, but you would just expect that support. Right. And so you just pay attention. And is it jealousy? Is it resentment or whatever? Who knows? Or just something within them. But then you have these people that you took a chance on and you went and you met and you talked with, and they will send you the most beautiful of messages. And you're like, this is wild, you know? So just know that whenever you take a leap on something, you're going to get something divine out of it. That's meant to be for you. So absolutely. And that's funny that you mentioned that because I feel the same way because I haven't had really any family members that I know of that said, Hey, Great book, right? And it's not like it's a tell-all book, right? It's right. it's my journey from addiction into recovery. And yeah, some of the stories are uncomfortable, but it's what happened to the family and myself at the time. Right. Um, you know, yeah, and you, when you were saying that, I was like, man, I relate so much to, to Lindsay right now. Mm-hmm. But here's the path, right? God puts us on a path and it's just our job to do the best we can to lead by example, to show like I say, I always like to say to show his power and glory, right? Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't my belief or my faith, right? I wouldn't be talking to you because if it was the old guy, Lindsay would be like, dude, you're not getting me on a podcast, period, because you're you're out of control, right? Mm-hmm. But I've learned in this journey is that there's so many people that I connect with, right? Even if we're strangers, right? We start telling our stories to each other and it's like, oh my God, I get that, right? Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I, it's been awesome listening to your story and how things came about, how your book came about. And um, there is a couple of questions I like to ask you. 
that are my yes, personal question, right? I yeah. wrote a book, as you can see, Fearless Happy. I love it. I really, really love it. Yeah, it's very Thank cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and truthfully, right, someone, my mentor that helped me get this all started, right, he, because I was always in, and I'm pretty much always in a good mood, positive, right? Like, and he'd go, dude, right? Because he, he saw the book, he goes, Fearless Happiness with a way. Okay, I'm going to call you the Fearless Happiness Ninja, right? And it's stuck ever since. Mm-hmm. I wrote the book. So fearless is what I like to talk about first. What does fearless mean to you, Lindsay? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Fearless to me, I feel like means when you kind of like what I've been saying, but like when you feel called to do something and you show up and do it anyway, um, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. You just have to go and do it. There have been many things in my life that people were probably like, what is she doing? Why is she, why does she feel like she needs to do this? It doesn't have to make sense to them. So I'm fearless in the way that I started to just own who I am, own that I'm an emotional feeler and that I've been called to do this work. And I feel called even more each day, the more I make connections like with you and have these conversations, I know my message is powerful. And so just doing the thing that I don't even know how to do, and I just do it anyways. And I think that is probably for me the biggest definition, because I've done a lot of things in my life that haven't made sense. And, and they, and they seem to work out for me. And I don't feel like I'm just that lucky. I just feel like I'm that in tune. I love it. Love it. That's an awesome definition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's along those lines of just learning how to get uh, comfortable being uncomfortable and doing the things that you don't want to do and doing them anyway, right. right? Like we hear from the David Goggins, the Andy Priscilla's, the Ed Milets of the world, right? Just one more, whatever that one more is, you know? I like actually you... think about that all the time. I was thinking about that doing kettlebells today. I was like, you're going to do 50. And then I got to 40 and I was like, 40 is good. I'm like, nope, you're going to do 50 because you're not going to lie to yourself. So then I did the 10 more. It wasn't <laughs> one more. It was 10 more, but I do. I love that mindset. And I won't back down from a challenge because I know that the only way to, you know, really grow is if you continue to challenge yourself. So yeah, I'm 38 years old. I probably don't need to be doing like hardcore boot camps on the treadmill, but I love them because they make me feel so alive. And I think that's, like one of the greatest things ever is to feel that. And right. um, yeah. So anyways. But. Well, you think about it though, right? When we're exercise like that, like they say a runner's high, well, any exercise, right? You get right. that rush of endorphins, right? And what I was taught was when I went through my depression, one of the first thing the doctors told me was exercise. Like mm-hmm. get your, like you said, get your body moving, right? right? It'll release these and best advice I ever got, right? Raise your heart rate. Right. And I had the fear, right? Like, oh, what if I can't do? That's why I got into kettlebells, right? Because I can't lift like I used to. I'm 55. I totally get it. I can't do the barbell stuff I used to do in CrossFit. And I don't really have the uh, desire to much anymore, but I do love my kettlebells. I like my dumbbells and I like, you know, doing like higher reps of stuff and I, and, and just raising my heart rate really any way I can. And I will say that I've been walking too sometimes like those hour walks and they, that had some muscles that I didn't know I had. Cause I was like, I run and <laughs> walking is making me a little bit more sore it. than running. So it's interesting. Cause I think with running, like you're kind of getting more quad work. And then when you're walking, you're getting like your hips. Right. And I was like, you know, so anyways, it's interesting. <laughs> so, you know, to all everyone listening, you don't have to do like the most hardcore of movement, right. even walking will make you sore. So 
Right. That's yeah. why I always tease on my podcasts, right? Like I always, cause I'm a, I'm a substance abuse counselor by trade, right? And a recovery coach. And I always tell these runners, I go, anybody who runs over a mile, I said, I will do free counseling pro bono because you guys <laughs> are a special breed. And anytime you need help, just reach out and I'll give you some free counseling, right? Cause I've never been a runner, right? Not long distance, at least, at least in football, I knew sprints. If I gave it my all, it's going to be over faster than if they said, okay, run around the whole school. Then I'd be like, oh, no, thank my you. <laughs> God. Right. But right. I have mad respect for people that like to run and stuff like that. And, but I, I always tease them, you know, like I said, I always tease them. I said, you ever need some counseling? Cause you know, somebody runs like you do, I go, you're a little, little crazy. And they just laugh at me, whatever, Max. So that That's leads funny. me <laughs> into my next question, right? Happiness. And as you see, I put a Y in it. I did that for a reason. So knowing I put that why in there, Lindsay, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Happiness to me is uh, really following what lights your soul up. I find a deep, I guess I used to think before it was like, you, you know, the little things like, you know, whatever, if it's going to get a Starbucks tea, like I love a good hot tea, right? I used to think like, that was it, right? If I could just, you know, that'll be great. Like, I'll just do that in my day and that'll lead me to happiness. For me now, it's so much different. My relationship with Jesus has completely changed my life. Knowing that I was so uniquely and purposely made and that everything that's gone through in my journey, things that I would probably want to change or um, change up, it's been for a specific purpose. All the hurt, all the things that happen in your journey. So for me now, it's really living out my purpose. How can I bless others with the conversation? How can I be uplifting? For me, when I like the greatest things that I hear in my day is a message from a friend, like that conversation really helped me, or your podcast is, you know, really helping me understand that lights my soul up so much that I never even realized before. And I think because I used to constantly neglect and suppress really who I was to try to be what I thought everyone else wanted me to be, which is like, just keep your emotions down. You know, don't set boundaries when things are triggering you just keep walking into the fire. And then the more I've taken my life back and saying like, no, this is who I am. I'm not going to feel bad for <laughs> being who I am. I have found true happiness, true contentment, uh, just understanding that I have a purpose and the excitement that leads to what is going to happen next in my journey and how is it going to leave the best legacy I can leave for my kids. So each day kind of having an intention and a purpose and using my time wisely. So I love it. Absolutely. Right. Because um, life's too short not to be happy. Right. Right. And and that's when I hear that, that's what inspires me is like, right? That's what God, Jesus wanted for us is to be the person he created and to be the best that we can be, right? Right. Because it's and, a good purpose. When you're in your purpose, you're being a gift to the world. And I didn't understand that for the longest time, because I grew up Catholic and no shame on Catholics. If everyone gets what they want to get from Catholicism, that's great. I never got anything but guilt, shame, and I was never going to be good enough. And I did not understand until I knew what I like, what I know now right. to be true. And that Jesus doesn't want us to be constantly nervous and upset and worried and working our way to him. He just Absolutely. wants our hearts. And the second I understood that, 
my like my life. Like it's like a whole new lens on life. And a lot of it came from the lost perspective. My grandmother was always showing me Jesus's picture. Like, do you know who he is? Like she wanted, like her legacy was right. please make sure you know who he is because right. she wants me to live in eternity with her. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? So, and it, you know, my husband taking me to a non-denominational, like just like Christian Bible chapel church, I started to understand that you know, I have a purpose and I have a gift. And the more I understood that, the more I got like happiness and just like lit up inside and felt the sense of peace that is undescribable. Like I just can't describe it. So anyways, we go on and on. Yeah, exactly. We could probably talk for hours about just that topic alone. Right. Right. That's what I learned from a very close friend of mine. Right. He says, when you can live in purpose on purpose, there's no stopping you. You know, because that's, that's what God wants for you anyway, is to live in purpose on purpose. Right. And then, as you said earlier, like we learn how life happens for us, but not Not to to us. us. Right. But here's what happens. And I think you keep working on this and you keep getting better and then life happens through you. Right. Because that's when God starts working through you to show other people, look what, you know, like my loyal soldiers do. And this is what I want for you. Right. Go live happy, be happy, help others. And just do the best you can, right? He knows right. we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Like God knows I shouldn't, there's probably times in my addiction, I shouldn't even be sitting here with you. So, you know, I haven't taken that for granted in the last over 19 years, right? And here I get to sit with you and talk about like what fearless means to you, what happiness means to you, right? We shared your kids and, you know, what drives you, how you got to your book. And I really, really appreciate it. I've had such a amazing, amazing time. So if my, like, tell the audience, like where they can get your book, or if they want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you, Lindsay? Okay. Well, thank you, Max, for all those wonderful things you just said. And it's been a blessing to me as well to be on here. Thank you. Because every time I get to talk about it, I get relit up inside and I feel another sense of purpose. So thank you. Um, My book is on Amazon and you can get it on Kindle on paperback or hardcover. I'm a little biased. I think hardcover is stunning and beautiful and just a great keepsake. And you can find me on um, Instagram, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y underscore Hanlon, H-A-N-L-O-N. Or on my Wing It Rise Up Facebook group is on Facebook and I'm on Facebook as well, Lindsay Hanlon. And I'd love to connect with you. I love talking to people. So I love it. I love it. I've had such a great time, but you're not quite off the hook just yet. I get to ask you one last question that I ask all my guests. And it's one that I love asking is what is one piece of advice that you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become better people? Grow as a human being and become better people. I think it's probably uh, really developing some self-awareness. You really need to know what it is that you desire. And you need to also understand yourself so well that you'll understand when there are situations you shouldn't walk into. Like just different environments. Maybe you don't have to electric shock your friends off their list but maybe you need to protect your peace a little bit better so that you can really make sure that you are being the best version of you and you're not getting, you know, you know, I guess I should say this because this is for me who is an emotional feeler and I like to be in positive environments because I feel like I can get emotionally drained, but I really think you do need to know exactly who you are so that you know exactly where you need to be and what you need to be doing in life And I think one of the greatest things you can do, and this is just coming from a 
uh, a Christian is, is not be afraid to start learning and start understanding and find a church that vibes well with you. Like I am blessed enough to be asked to talk on my pastor's podcast tomorrow and we don't go to a small church. So I'm very, very much looking forward to being on that one tomorrow as well as today's. And so really not being afraid of it. It's taken me a long time, about 12 years in this church to understand a little bit better. And I was just recently baptized on Mother's Day and not be afraid to open your heart and mind to things like get out of the cage that you've been put in, whether it's been family, whether it's been friends. And I know Max, you understand this is that people are going to question what you do. You have to know exactly who you are, what you want, and your deep down like desires for your journey so that when people question you, you realize it doesn't have to make sense to them. It only has to make sense to you. If a dream is put on your heart, it was put on your heart for a reason. And it, no one else has to understand that because it wasn't put on theirs. So that is what I would advise to you guys is just really learn who you are and uh, go after what you want, fearless and happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with my audience, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. That was just amazing. Awesome, awesome stuff. So you heard what she said, everybody, right? So as you know, what I like to say, if Lindsay made you think, if she made you smile, she made you laugh, she made you go, hmm. If she just, if you learned something, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find it. And uh, I know her and I probably got other books that we're going to write because we're going to have Lindsay back on here again. Um, Had such a great time, Lindsay. Thank you so much taking time out of your busy schedule, especially after what happened before. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for spending your time with me. It's been a great, great time. So until next time, everybody, like I like to say, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Winging and Browser Podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. This is the Winging and Browser Podcast.